Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy podcast that won't give you ear cancer. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. That's true. We've tested it. Yep. That hasn't given anybody ear cancer yet. Not as of yet. Nope. Sure hasn't. Unlike all those other Buffy podcasts, this one is safe. (laughs) I think that might actually be going into the legally culpable (laughs) side of things. Maybe I shouldn't say that about other podcasts. Right. Like, I don't know that you have the data to back that up. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, the good news is, if anyone's made it this far... They're probably going to stick around anyways. Yeah. Who's listening this far to litigate? That's crazy. (laughs) There are fans, What episode is this? This, we've made it. This is the end. Episode 12 of season one, Prophecy Girl, original air date, June 2nd, 1997. Episode 12 of 12. Wow, that was really good. It's like I'm in the club. Yeah, yeah, we have made it, guys. Buffy this is it. Made it. We're done, Buffy. No, actually, though, we are done a twelfth of Buffy. There are 144 episodes. Yeah, and this is number twelve. Season finale. So, how is Prophecy Girl as an episode? I think that I had a pretty good time. Yeah. Unfortunately, the scene that hurts me on like a physical level is near the end. Mm. So then I get left with that kind of taste in my mouth at the end of it. But right. Other than that. It's kind of, I think it's the most kind of like jossy episode we've had yet. Yeah, I can see why I didn't remember anything about this episode. Yeah, that's... But it was also very good. So let's get into it. We got some previously on. Sometimes they have it and sometimes they don't. But yeah, they sort of, yeah, they they hit you with the the major points. And uh, oh, hey, remember that time that we were like, Xander seems like he's getting a lot better. Yeah, and he seems to have I forgotten do remember that. that whole that whole thing where he was into Buffy. Oh well, you know what? <laughs> Apparently, it's like the central theme of this episode <laughs> is that Xander is into Buffy still, <laughs> right? And is acting weird around her. Why? I feel like didn't didn't we get past this? Like, wasn't he being pretty normal for? I mean, episodes before this, a couple episodes, yeah. yeah. But now he's confessing his love to Buffy, but to Willow, so he can practice on her, which is crushing because Willow is super in love with him for whatever reason. Yeah, we're back to square one on like both of these things. We're like we're back to Xander is oblivious about this whole Willow thing and is being a dick to her, possibly. With the knowledge that he's doing so, I'm not really sure. I think he is. I think he does know what he's doing. And it's terrible. And we really have just reset back to where we were. Yeah, like, yeah. I just, it's a strange kind of thing. It's kind of like they forgot what happened for a couple of episodes. Xander and Willow are chilling at the bronze while this happens. Xander is waiting patiently for Buffy to arrive. So mm-hmm. he can confess his undying love for her. <laughs> Do and I'm not like, nope. want any nope, of nope, that. Nope. But luckily, Buffy is Mm-mm-mm. preoccupied uh, having a very slow-mo fight scene. So she's not getting to the bronze anytime soon. <laughs> no, it's yeah. a much better done fight scene yeah. than we've seen before, though. It is. Generally. I mean, it's not very long, but again, slow-mo, so it feels a lot longer. Yeah. When we say slow-mo, before it was like, oh, these actors <laughs> yeah, aren't moving yeah, quickly. This is actually slow motion. There's a weird motion. moment where she does like a backward somersault that looks pretty awkward in slow motion, but that's okay. For mm-hmm. some reason, there's like a cut to Cordy. Cordy and Stitch. 
They are Mackin' in Cordy's car, because she is a character that is in the titles. Is that the same guy? It's not. We'll come to it, but I called him Stitch, or Mitch, or Rich, for the first however long, not realizing it was a different person. So I called him Chad, because <laughs> I... He's, he is a Chad. <laughs> right? So I didn't think it was the same guy, but I couldn't even remember that guy's name. So I was just like, he seems like a Chad. I honestly could not tell that this was a different young white person. I mean, like, they have the same hair. They're just like, yeah. They seem identical. Jock dude. So they're, yeah, making out in Mitch's car or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Chad will be sure. And Buffy grabs a steak out of the back of her jacket, which I'm guessing she has like a steak sheath up there or maybe multiple. And that's pretty cool. What? (laughs) It's up her bra? Why? That seems ridiculously impractical. I think it would work. I mean, then you don't have to, like, make some sort of sheath <laughs> like you were about to describe. Uh, mine's more plausible. We're going with that. <laughs> Getting all of our main characters out of the way Fine. early because we cut to Giles. We know from a previous episode that he was handed some Codex book from Angle. Yep. And he needs to decipher it. Oh, no. Apparently there's things in there about Buffy that are ominous. And one of the things that he says translated is the master shall rise. And I was like, and the slayer shall dies? (gasps) (laughs) Wow. So they fucked that up. That should have been it. I mean, it's in Latin. I'm not sure the rhymes (laughs) really translate that well. That's true. This scene. So first of all, when Buffy was fighting that vampire, she was wearing her angel necklace again, which we also haven't seen in many episodes, I think. She's back to the angel necklace for no reason. There, I mean, there's a reason, but we'll find out later. <laughs> and then also, when we kind of go to the library, it's the the sort of like opening shot is through the library skylight. And you're kind of like, have we ever seen this library <laughs> skylight before? No, but it's very important that it's set up. <laughs> we literally have never seen a skylight in the library before. No, but we need it. So here it People is. People have gotten into the library, just never through the skylight before. Yeah. But why would you go through the skylight? That's pretty crazy. That's a crazy idea. Oh no, a T-Rex turns up while Giles is reading, and his <laughs> tea starts to shake. Is this a, is this a pun? No, like, I feel it's like, a Jurassic Park. Like, I, no, I get it, but also the tea is shaking. <gasps> T-Rex. It's a T-Rex. <gasps> it is a pun. <laughs> That's, Nailed it. No, Classic I Jurassic Dave. Park. Classic Dave. Yeah, no. Um, it turns out it's an earthquake. Oh yeah, right. Either way, it You're isn't close, good. Though. T-Rex earthquake. Yeah. Mm, yeah. His tea breaks. Ah, I hate when uh, that happens. I mean, the cup is actually intact. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, the saucer shatters, but the cup is fine. I'm like, oh. That's well built. Good job, cup. Uh, Cordy <laughs> is in Stitch's car, and she really feels the earth move, if you know what I mean. Ah, 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 yeah. what, do you, what, what? There's an earthquake. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. That's what I'm implying. Good. They don't have That's sex. Good. That's not happening. She's, she's a 16-year-old girl, Dave. No, she's 27. <laughs> she's older than me. <laughs> I, oh, I'm the same age as her. That's a weirdly sobering thought. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I never realized it before. As the earthquake is I'm happening. So old. We get some seriously great handwork by T-Mast mm. himself, the master, M.M., all of our stupid <laughs> names for him. Yours at least makes some sense. <laughs> Yours is just Mine based is... on his actor's name. I know, it's so unrelated. But yeah, no, he is hyped about this His earthquake. My time has come! Glory! Oh, yeah. Glory! <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good earthquake for T-Mast. Yeah, no, he's hyped. So he's basically saying that this is the first first sign that 
It's it's happening. What he's been dreaming of for I don't remember how many years. End of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! He's gonna bring the Hellmouth back or open it up or something to the Hellmouth. Something bad's gonna happen. Humans aren't gonna like yeah. it. No. He's he's feeling a little cabin cabin fever down in the mm. masturbatorium. Yeah, for sure. So he wants to, yeah, get on out. And uh yeah, that's that's our cold open. Mm-hmm. We come back into the G-Man looking haggard as fuck. Oh, yeah, he's all over the place. He has had a rough night. There was an earthquake and probably something else ominous. Yeah, it's all bad. Uh, Buffy's wearing a shiny blue, I want to say snakeskin miniskirt. <laughs> Ugh. It's amazing. It's a weird pattern. Super light eyeshadow. Uh, <laughs> I am not disappointed in any way. <laughs> she loves the super light eyeshadow. <laughs> Yeah. This school is not looking super great. The library especially, many of the bookshelves fell over in the earthquake and There's there are cracks? there are cracks all yeah. over the place. This is a condemned building. And Giles is just kind of like, oh, it's fine. Just maybe don't go over there. Yeah, you shouldn't go back into the stacks. As an adult, <laughs> no, no I'm big fine. Deal. Yeah, it's not going to collapse on me. Don't be ridiculous. <sighs> and yeah, he's still coming to work and everyone's <laughs> letting him be in this cracked up room i haven't really seen much earthquake damage maybe this is normal i feel like it shouldn't be so i mean yeah california they're all about their earthquakes i guess but you know that's still um kind of intense yeah so giles seems very concerned about buffy she shows up and he's like oh amazing you're you're alive basically (laughs) not in so many words but, but I mean, he's that's essentially clearly what relieved. The scene is. And yeah. then she's saying things about danger, and he's like, "Ah, why are you saying these things?" Yeah, she says something about meeting her terrible fate. Right, biology. Biology. She actually broke a nail, <laughs> which is great. We haven't seen that much Valley Girl type stuff out of Buffy recently. Yeah. So her complaining about a broken nail while fighting vampires is very in theme. And it's nice to have sort of the, this is what she's concerned about right now in her life, <laughs> breaking a nail. And uh, later on, it's going to be a lot more serious than that. Mm-hmm. So then she runs away to meet with her friends. Did you like this scene, Dave? Is this the one where time? Buffy has terrible circle sunglasses? Like, those are her only sunglasses. They're that's awful. All, that's all I can think. She has one pair, maybe in multiple colors. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I think yeah. these are her, like, sneaking around inconspicuous sunglasses, too. Like, these are just the cool sunglasses. That's my only explanation for you. She has at least three trench coats, but one pair of sunglasses. <laughs> all sunglasses look kind of alike anyways, right? They shouldn't all be circular. That's for Ugh. sure. God, it's gross. Willow is killing it in a zigzag shirt. That's what I know. It is amazing. And you can't tell in this scene, but later on you find out that the sleeves on it are, like, really huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like kimono style. (laughs) Yeah, they're really big. It's weird. So this is the scene in which Xander finally musters up the courage to uh, ask Buffy out. Right. So they, yeah, he awkwardly tells Willow to go away, and so she scurries off. He awkwardly tells another extra, who could have been Jesse but wasn't, to leave a bench so that he and Buffy can sit down. Him straddling the bench, <laughs> pointing at What does that guy her. do it? Right? Like, Xander's just like, leave. And the guy's like, oh, okay. Oh no, but- big scary Xander. <laughs> Xander's like a big old 10th grade nerd. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. It bothered me. But yeah, so Xander's weirdly facing her on the bench. 
And like, honestly, what what he ends up kind of spitting out was more normal than I expected. Far more normal. But it does yeah. bring us to our first segment of the Ooh. evening. She's just not that into you. Maybe he lost my number, or is out of town, or got hit by a cab. Or maybe he has no interest in seeing you again. Will you quit it? What? I'm trying to swim here. What, the ocean isn't big enough for you or something like that? Huh? You got a problem, buddy? Huh? Huh? Do you? Do you? Do you? Yeah, right. So that's that's where this goes. He, <laughs> he gives a pretty so. normal pretty normal speech. Mm-hmm. Just about, hey, I, I want more than friendship. I want to dance with you. You know, it's uh, all... He wants to dance with her. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is, Listen, Xander. the things that he says are not creepy. No, I don't aren't. care what he's thinking. I don't need <laughs> to know. And then, yeah, no, no, no. She does the whole, oh, I want to fo- spoil our friendship. Not much and... to spoil there, Buffy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Xander makes a remark about how, yes, he's friends with her, but Willow doesn't want to date you, or if she does, she's playing it pretty close to the chest. I'm like, mm, yeah. wonder how that'll change. <laughs> I don't think Willow's ever into Buffy. No. No, no. they're two good friends, you that'd know. Be, that'd be, we- that'd that'd be super, super weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, she rejects him, obviously, because, like, everyone else in the world knows that she's not into him because she's never shown any interest whatsoever. Even the slightest amount never happened. Even the slightest amount. But for some reason, he never noticed this. And then, you know what he does, Dave? He says shitty things about Angel in retaliation for her rejecting him. brings up Angel. Mm -hmm. Like, Pretty much out of nowhere. Oh, you'd rather date a vampire, I see. Humans aren't good enough for the Slayer. Man, stop saying shit about vampires. Holy fuck. And like, so she's wearing the angel necklace. Okay, that's true. That's the only reason I could think of why it's at all feasible that he would bring up Angel. We haven't seen Angel in like a really long time. Well, he saw Angel when he was rescued by him. Okay, sure, but Buffy wasn't even there. No. Buffy doesn't even know about that. No, she has no idea how much Angel has been involved in recent things. No! So Xander's just bringing Angel up just because he can. Yeah. I don't know. I guess in his mind, it's like, oh, well, if Buffy doesn't want to be with me, there must be someone else. He then sort of apologizes for it, saying that he's bad at handling rejection, which is clearly true. And I mean, yeah, I get it. It's because he's getting defensive because he's hurt. And that's reasonable, but it just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird direction for him to go in. Absolutely. He's obsessed with Angel, okay? He's really obsessed with Angel. <laughs> he and really is. To the point where I'm like, does he want Angel for himself? Like, if he can't have Buffy, then at least he could have Angel. But no, she's claimed him too, ruining his yeah. happiness. I don't. It's tough to be Xander. I don't, I don't know. know. Buffy is saddened by this, though. And yeah. she has bad hair. And maybe if she fixed her hair, she'd be less sad, but probably not. She's got that hair, and she's already attracting boys she doesn't want. So <laughs> I don't know how better hair could help her. Fair. <laughs> we cut to the G-Man calling Angel on the telephone. <laughs> yep. And J-Cal comes up, and she's like, who you ta- what? What's up? Oh, is that the same clothes you were wearing yesterday? And I'm like, J-Cal, don't talk to me about Giles' clothes. <laughs> they all look kind of the same to begin with, <laughs> Yeah, very much all. so. How did you even notice that, honestly? How did she notice, Dave? She's really paying a lot of attention to what he's wearing. Oh, I see mm. what's happening. So she's going to get in the way of Giles and Joyce? I can't allow that. <laughs> like, what would Giles and Joyce... Like, what would their couple name be? Joyce's? 
It's gross, right? I couldn't, yeah. Choices. Oh, no, I can't. (laughs) That's what I'm going with, but I can't stand it. Anyway. Jice? Okay. He's like, oh, man, I got all these all these tribes with mysticism. And she's like, I'm a techno-pagan. Let me help. (laughs) These omens that I've been seeing, though. Mm. I'd like to point out that she does not use the word techno-pagan again. She's already used it, and that's one time too many. I will not forgive her. Okay, fine. But yes, she's been surfing the net and seeing the apocalypse signs. They thought they had killed the anointed one, Ao, as we call him. Right, they did. But it turns out, according to some information Jcal has, from a monk? Who is emailing her? Right, because techno The email monk. Yeah, techno <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Ao might not be dead. And that's a big surprise. They're like, what? So yeah, they're, they're confused. Well, Giles is suspicious still of trusting her. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, she did she did help him with that whole Moloch thing. Yeah, I don't know why she isn't really part of the core group yet. It seems like she could be really helpful. Right? Like, she has access to a lot of resources that Giles treats with disdain, yeah. but are very powerful. You know, you know, any books that aren't in his personal collection, <laughs> right? she has access to many of those. Yeah, uh. one would say almost instantly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, so he's still being kind of cagey. He's like, just do as I say. Oh, and yeah. I'll tell you later. Really bossing her around. Yeah, and she's like, oh, fine, I will. Mm, yep. So then uh, Cordelia is walking with Chad. Mm-hmm. In this scene, did you still think it was the same guy? I honestly still thought it was Mitch. I had That's no great. idea. Because I was looking at him like, is this the same guy? But this show does not tell me, and I have no way of keeping track of Cordelia's romantic partner if it doesn't tell me what's up. Yeah. Because, like, I'm pretty sure she hadn't said his name by this point. No, not at all. I think the first time she says his name is basically when he's dead. Yeah, I think... Because I was listening for it, because I was trying to remember what his name was. Turns out I never knew to begin with. <laughs> yeah. But her and Chad seem like they have a good thing going. Mm-hmm. And as you just mentioned, that's not going to end too well for her. No. That's fine. No, it's not. She finds Willow and she's like, hey, Willow, my good friend. Let's be friends and talk about friendly things. And Willow's like, what? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> she's like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, works. Cordelia does want something from her. Yeah, Willow's, you know, she's not stupid. For some reason, Cordelia wants Willow to hook up a sound system for her. I don't even know what's happening, really. (laughs) I don't know why they need a sound system. They're having a party at the bronze. I think it's the prom. Yeah. But they can't get an official sound hookup. They need Willow, because since Willow is a nerd, she knows about all things nerdy. Yeah. I mean, in Cordelia's defense, Willow does know how to do it. Oh, Willow absolutely knows how to do it and will help. And Cordelia's like, I'll talk to you and be nice to you. If you could just show up tomorrow morning, I'd be really, really grateful. I mean, I'd talk to you at the dance and everything. Which is a really shitty thing to do. It's pretty... Pretty standard Cordelia mm-hmm. dialogue, I would say. Yeah, it's on brand. Before this, no one had mentioned any anything about a prom or a dance, except like before this scene, I don't think. Yeah, no, had. Chad and Cordy were talking about it, and they were the first <laughs> ones to bring it up. But I mean, I guess that's how you bring something up. Yeah. Willow's pants match her shoes, which we should all appreciate. It's it's very impressive. And like I think that one of like one of the zigzag colors in her sweater might yes, be the same color, too. it's all coordinated. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, we know how great coordinating is. Cordelia <laughs> taught us in the dream episode, right? In the 90s, it's everything. It's everything, yeah. 
uh, Willow happens to spy Xander being mm-hmm. Mr. Mopes in a nearby classroom. And I'm like, he could have it worse. He could have like syphilis or whatever horrible <laughs> native disease he got in a later season. Yeah, it's syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is he complaining? <laughs> he brought up gangrene. So mm-hmm. that's the same kind of vein. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right? Xander's being really mopey and shitty, and he's like, hey, I've got a great idea. If Buffy won't go to the dance with me, Willow, this person I take for granted all the time, could you, uh, <laughs> do you think we should go to the dance together? Yeah, we should. It's brilliant. Unluckily for Xander, Willow has self-esteem. Yeah. So she's like, hell nah, I don't want to go to the dance with you so you can make somebody jealous. Yeah, she really coldly rejects him, which is appropriate. Yeah, no, he deserves it. He brings up Angel again in this scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, he basically is like, oh, Buffy, blah, 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 Angel. And you're like, you brought up Angel. <laughs> Only ever you. Buffy did not bring him up. Why are you obsessed with him? He's pretty into Angel. <laughs> anyway, his hopes dashed. He will go home and listen to the music of pain. <laughs> Country music. I'm just going to go home. Lie down. And listen to country music. The music of pain. <laughs> and this is the first time Xander's uh, been not shitty this episode. For sure. And that like that line is so jossy and so well so, so wonderful. So jossy. Yeah. Like I don't know what was happening in the the episodes before this, but there aren't a lot of lines that really stand out to me as really sounding like Joss. No. But definitely like season two. We're going to get a lot more of that, mm-hmm. which is uh, like why we're here, I guess. Absolutely, it is. Pretty much. Not for shitty episodes with praying mantises or <laughs> techno demons. <laughs> That's oh, for damn God. sure. Techno demon sounds kind of like some sort of bass dropping demon. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can see that being an actual band name right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll find some music from them and throw it into the show. <laughs> Yeah, no, good. Get on that. So Buffy's Uh, getting ready for patrol. Things are getting, you know, ominous, but she is ready to go out there. And she runs into Angel in the library, hanging out with Giles. They really have a lot in common. Angel and Giles? Yeah. They like books. (laughs) That's Giles' life. (laughs) Yeah. How much does Angel like books? I mean, he's been alive a long time. He's probably read a lot of books. Okay. Do you have anything else to back up this? They have a lot in common claim. He found Giles this fancy book that Giles was hyped about. So it's just books. And they're talking about... (laughs) All you have is books. Like I said, what else does Giles have going on? (laughs) So like as a percentage of the things Giles is interested in. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So they're arguing about the Codex, Mm -hmm. this fancy book that Angel brought. And apparently it's like really super accurate. Oh, very accurate. Yeah. Nothing has ever been wrong. That's that's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. Every prophecy in it is right. This is a different universe, one in which that sort of thing exists, right? Yeah. And a universe in which you can find books that have all sorts of things in them that really don't exist in our world. For sure. And I mean, like, it's it's a special book because it's a book about the Slayer, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so I can see how the prophecies about the Slayer would be more accurate because she herself is sort of like a mystical being. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm on board. I'm just saying, I mean, it sucks for Buffy. Now, does the prophecy book have good things to say about what's going to happen to the Slayer? Probably good um, things. Yeah. I mean, Giles seems pretty happy <laughs> about what it says. He's super chipper in this episode. Yeah, he's all, he is pretty down this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the book says very clearly that the Slayer will face the Master and the Slayer will die. And of course, neither of them noticed that Buffy was eavesdropping. No. Which, let me just... So later on in this episode, Angel's going to find Buffy with his nose. <laughs> but he didn't notice that she walked into the same room as him. Um, that's problematic. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that, that does happen, huh? <laughs> like 20 minutes later. <laughs> anyway, Giles is still freaking out about this whole, like, oh no, the Slayer's gonna die thing. And Giles, you just get a new one for free. Oh my god, this again? That's how it works. A Slayer dies, Buffy brings it up, she's on board. A Slayer dies, a new one's called. That's just how it works. She's like, hey, Giles, you'll probably get to go with a new one too. You know, everything's fine. And it's not part of, like, a big bitter speech she gives about her own death, ah! right? Uh, there's an interesting thing here where, uh, so after Buffy hears the, the news, she, like, starts laughing. Mm -hmm. Sarah Michelle Gellar hates laughing, like, on camera. Oh. Like, fake laughing. And she very rarely does it. Okay. I can think of one scene in particular where she has to laugh and she, like, leans over something so you can't see her face. <laughs> Because wow. she really doesn't like doing it. And so the fact that she laughed at all here, I was like, oh, she's I, laugh acting on I think screen. some of it is ADR'd. Maybe. maybe. I'm pretty sure like the first laughter <laughs> that we hear is just overdone. I think she's just really bad at laugh acting. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll watch out for it. Anyway, Buffy is super freaked out. And this is a very great scene of her being afraid of death, having to confront that sort of idea. And her solution out of this is to quit being the Slayer. Yeah, she wants to resign. Which is reasonable. It's not, but... Well, no. In her current state, you can see a lot of where she might be coming from, thinking that she can run from destiny. It's an attractive proposition when the alternative is death. Well, and especially because, like... The whole point of being the Slayer is that she didn't ever pick this. No. She was the chosen one. So it, it called her. She never she never signed up for this. Not and at all. All of these things that come with it that sometimes are gonna be really unpleasant, like, oh hey, there's a prophecy about you dying. Obviously she didn't sign up for that stuff either. So yeah, she's not taking it well, but no. it's really reasonable. Yep. She is quitting. Nothing that the others are saying will convince her. And she symbolizes her quitting by mm. removing the necklace that Angel gave her and dropping it on the ground. Right. And so you're like, ah, oh, I guess that's why she had the necklace on in this in this episode. I guess. So that she could rip it off. It's the weirdest thing. This drew me out of it a lot because I'm like, that's not official Slayer material. Like, <laughs> you aren't issued your cross necklace <laughs> when you're chosen. This You're just taking off the gift that could keep you safe. <laughs> Why are you doing this? I mean, maybe a cross is kind of a symbol of being a slayer. Because it's like the anti-vampire thing that she carries around with her all the time. I don't know. I'd like to bring up how... So Angel's like, 
you know, trying to comfort her. And she's like, mm-hmm. you don't get what it would be like. You, you're going to live forever. And then he's like, how do you think I could stand it if you died? And you're just like, yo, you you barely know her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've kissed like twice. Like, okay, he's going to be sad, but he's making it sound like he he's going to mourn her death for the next hundred years. And again, they really, they really barely know each other. He like slept in her room one night. I mean, he did stay in there all day, maybe. <laughs> he feels <laughs> but like... I really hate this trope in popular fiction where romantic love is the most important thing about a person's life. Yeah. And it is an emotion that is felt so powerfully that it resonates across lifetimes. <laughs> and listen, it's great. Being in love is wonderful, but it's not that, guys. <laughs> and are you in love with someone that you've known for like six months? I guess, do we find out that later that he, like, stalked her from L.A.? Yeah. And followed her here? So he's been a stalker, I guess? This is not romantic love, though. No, because if anything, that's worse. If he's just yeah. been watching her from afar and has created this idealized version of her that he's in love with. Because right. he doesn't he's really obsessed. know her. No. No, they've talked very few times. Right? And mostly they talk about fighting and killing vampires and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I understand that, you know, they, they want you to be invested in this whatever this is. Between... Relationship. <laughs> I, I really, yeah, yeah I, I was hesitant to use the word relationship. Very much so. But no, it just didn't seem very real at all to me. Yeah. So Buffy quits, walks out, and we get a brief sad montage. Yeah. A sad Taj of <laughs> Willow being sad, calling Xander, Xander on his bed, <laughs> listening to blaring country music, uh, being sad and hanging up the phone. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, everyone's having a bad time. Mm-hmm. We see a shot start on a photo album and a hand reaches for it and it's got a gigantic <laughs> ring on it. And I'm like, oh, this is Buffy's hand. <laughs> And it pans up to her face, and I'm like, nailed it. Uh, was it like, was that the ring that's like the big black square yeah. thing? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it never fails. I'm really interested no. to see in uh, season two, episode one, if the rings make a reappearance. <laughs> I really hope they're constant, and I just never noticed like, them before. They have to go away at some point. I just don't know when. <laughs> <laughs> right it's it's yeah it's ring watch it's it's great it's bizarre but yeah so buffy's yeah buffy's very clearly being super melancholy mm-hmm. alone in her room and yeah joyce comes to mom her real hard she has a very nice dress for buffy to wear to the prom or whatever this party <laughs> thing is spring is it official oh no who knows but this brings up further questions about what their monetary situation is <laughs> yeah buffy's like we can't afford this and i'm like you can't afford anything <laughs> All that sweet, sweet gallery money, Dave. How do you live in this house? Gallery's open on the weekend. Joyce's... There are only two of you. She's working so hard at the gallery, selling very expensive pieces of art. God, she has to be. What are your thoughts on this dress, Dave? (laughs) I have written that she looks real nice in the dress. Uh, That was was the general consensus, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that would turn out to be rather prophetic. Did you write that before everyone? Yeah, before it became a running joke. <laughs> oh my god, that's my favorite. <laughs> oh, so good. It was good. Um, this dress is made out to be a really nice dress that everyone is commenting on. It does look and like it's made of some very fun. nice material. It looks kind of like a wedding dress. It's 
very bridal. So yeah, yeah. I found it to be very bridal. Yeah. And I could definitely <sighs> see this being a wedding dress. Yeah. Like the 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 cut is not really very bridal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, but I the mean, materials and construction, yeah, yeah, and like the bottom is very wispy and mm-hmm. and I mean they that can't have been lost on the costume designer. So then, like all I could think was, was that intentional? I think it was either a combination of bridal and like funeral garb sort of thing. I don't know to symbolize what's happening in this episode. Maybe. I don't... Because it being bridal raises a lot of weird questions about her role in the master getting out and, like, why you'd want to bring up anything bridal in relation to that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was just meant to make her look kind of innocent. I... Yeah, that could be it, too. Yeah. I'm bad at symbology. I mean, white is generally... It's virginal, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Buffy does that thing in this scene where she pretends that her mom can't hear her talking. (laughs) (laughs) Because Joyce is like, oh, I had my whole life ahead of me or something. Or she's talking about when she was Buffy's age. And uh, yeah, yeah, Buffy's like, oh. Must be nice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, this whole death thing is not going well for her. And a lot of this episode is contrasting the usual end-of-year celebration kid-type stuff with Buffy facing her mortality. Yeah. Because everyone's getting ready for parties, and she's getting ready to die. I was having a good time. I thought she was doing a good job. Mm-hmm. We go back to the school. Yeah. Okay. So this this cardigan that Cordelia is wearing, I need to, t- uh-huh. I need to talk about it. Okay. So she doesn't appear to be wearing a shirt under it. Three, okay. three of the buttons are, are done up. Any one of out those of how many? out of like I would guess eight. Wow. Like <laughs> like there are a lot of undone buttons. There are undone buttons at the top and also undone buttons at the at the bottom. A classic look, yeah. Yeah, like it's the it's the V <laughs> reverse V look. Yeah. <laughs> and all I kept thinking was one of those buttons comes undone and like this That's is, a major it's yeah, yeah, it's a fashion fashion emergency, I think. And so I don't know. I don't know if maybe the sweater is designed such that those <laughs> buttons do not open. <laughs> yeah, it's actually just sewn shut Potentially. there. Potentially. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean, I'm not saying she doesn't look great, because of course she does. <laughs> she always does. Yeah. It's just always killing it. Yeah, always killing it. And yeah, oh, she's oh, she likes Chad so much. Kevin. We oh. learned his name is Kevin. <laughs> this is legitimately when I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Who? It's a different guy? Uh, it just doesn't seem like a different guy why didn't they just have the same guy it's who knows because that wasn't that last episode where they had mitch yeah (laughs) was his name rich mitch okay it was was mitch Mitch. yeah (laughs) like mitch was kind of a jerk and they were really playing this kevin guy as being super sweet and like cordelia feels a different way about him than she has any other guy Mm -hmm. blah blah blah. apparently she's super in love with him even though she he's stood her up right now and hasn't shown up when he said he would she's not mad at him or she sort of is but she thinks it's adorable he's watching cartoons oh it's all so cute nope Everyone's dead. Did you notice the the bloody handprint on the TV? Not before no. they zoomed in on it, no. Because it was But, there. I mean, I saw it from the back and I was like, <laughs> of course they're all dead. Yeah. Everyone's dead. So, yeah. Vampire attack. Mm-hmm. Room full of dead students. In a student lounge. Yeah. And there's a lot of dead kids in there. I'm not sure how they looked in from the window and didn't see more dead people. There are, like, four of them. Right. So, the people on the couch, I understand. But then the there's- The people on the floor? Yeah. 
Like, I think they would have been able to see them. Mm-hmm. And Peace Nye is not going to be happy. No. We don't get any he Peace Nye like here. He doesn't like kids dying on his watch. And no, we don't get any Peace Nye. That's actually Sad. pretty disappointing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but no, he's not going to like this. They're pretty upset by this. Yeah, it's real good shell shock and just disaster acting from both Cordy and Willow. Did you like how they switch scenes here? Uh, I forget how. Oh, is it on the TV and then it, and it zooms like, out? Yeah, it was to the news. It was. I don't know. There was like a weird like flash of light or something. I don't know. It was like I don't want to call it a dissolve. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Don't call it a dissolve. <laughs> don't call it a comeback. So we see Willow sitting on her bed with Buffy nearby and a news story about the dead kids yeah. at Sunnydale, which is that even news anymore? I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe because it was like five at once or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they usually don't have that sort <laughs> yeah. of disaster. They're like, wow, this is more than normal. We better report on it. This is a scene where we see Willow with, like, real traumatic stress. Oh, so powerful. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's a great She job. is super upset, as she should be. She saw five corpses today. That's more than the average. So, yeah, she's finally freaked out by the whole death thing. Right. Which, I mean, maybe she should have been this freaked out before. And that was my point, too, where, like, this is finally starting to affect people. Where before it's all sort of the dull surprise, but now it's really getting into the psychology of stuff. And she kind of makes reference to the fact that, you know, after all she's seen, this one this, this one was different. It's really finally mm-hmm. getting to her. But you're kind of like, uh, other students were murdered at your school. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe... And you were, like, <laughs> distracting people so that Buffy could go investigate. Yeah. It depends on the episode yeah, in the first apparently. season. And depends on how camp the writers wanted to play it. Yeah. But no, so they're taking it seriously. Buffy, I guess this is all the motivation she needed, really. Well, she knows that if she doesn't do anything, Willow will die. And that really is not acceptable to her. If she walks away and the effects on her are somewhat minimal, or she doesn't think about the effects, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But this really throws it into her face that people she cares about will be in mortal danger and will die if she does not do the thing that she doesn't want to do. Right, and I mean, yeah, especially since she can leave Sunnydale, but they're not all going to leave. No. And yeah, where does it stop, too? Once the master is out, his whole thing is that he wants vampire world, right? Right, and this is Buffy's character trait. This is a core tenet of her character that gets established here, where she would rather die for her friends and family than have them suffer because she's a hero she is a hero yeah buffy's a in hero in the classic sense yeah and she's resolved now she will pick back up her cross necklace <laughs> and go and fight those vampires except she doesn't get her cross necklace back that would have been really handy with people reaching for her neck yeah they do love to reach for her neck mm-hmm. back to the batorium <laughs> oh no how did you and we see ao oh ao did you like her Ayo. leather jacket over the dress look I think it's a different leather jacket than she had before. Potentially, yeah. She probably it has a lot of It looks a lot better. Yeah. It's Yeah, still I didn't a bit, mind the, the look. It's a, nah, it's a bit weird anyways. She's I, a vampire slayer. I guess that's ah. what they're going for, but yeah. So this was an interesting thing too. So yeah, little, little Ao goes on his little journey to find her. Mm-hmm. and The wards are weakening. Somehow, oh, I guess because a monk guy, JC and G-Man, 
have figured out that it's a kid. Yeah, there is such good foley work on the swords that G-Man is swinging around. <laughs> like The scene opens with him swinging a sword, and it's just cutting the air audibly. Opens the hell mouth, which brings the demons, which ends the world. Yes, about summed it up, yes. Uh, he is resolved to go out and stop the threat if Buffy can't, and he thinks that it was wrong of him to even suggest to her or reveal the information that she would face him. And I think he was kind of hurt earlier, which, I mean, was her intention when she told him that all he does is sit around and read books and he doesn't know what it's really like out there. This has motivated him. He will take on the mantle of hero and go... And do whatever he can, which won't be much, because he's just Giles, even if, if he does have swords. You know what? He wants to try, because he cares about Buffy, and she's not just a replaceable slayer to him, Dave. Isn't she? You just get another one. It's fine. Guys, this will all work out. Promise. <laughs> They're a dime a dozen. <laughs> Buffy comes up to him and is like, no. I'm going to go confront the Slayer. That's what the prophecy says. I'm going to do it. You are not coming because you will absolutely die. And that's what I want to avoid. And he uh, tries to basically scold her into staying. Right. How well does that work? Uh, He's got some good hips work. He, Mm -hmm. He sort of puts his hand on his hips and puts his jacket back and tries to intimidate her. And so what does she do? She Child's concussion count is at four. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah, you're gonna be Giles' concussion count. So happy that she gives him a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy it happens. That brings our average up to once every three episodes. Ooh, yeah, that's good. I don't. <laughs> not as good as it was where it was every other episode. We're at half, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. I mean, but once every three is okay too. I don't. I can't imagine that we're going to... cannot keep up this pace. (laughs) We're going to hit that that kind of ratio for the next season or so. Oh, God, I really hope not for Giles' sake. Well, and, like, what a running joke if he's just constantly getting knocked out. (laughs) I loved it when it was every other one, though. Oh, man. So good. Yeah, she clocks him one solid, and Jake Hal's like, why would you do that to my potential boyfriend? (laughs) And she's just like, fuck it, I'm going to go kill the master. Oh, and has another great Joss line. When he wakes up, tell him I said... And then she can't think of anything, so... When he wakes up, tell him... I don't know. Think of something cool. Tell him I said it. Yeah. And like, yes, this is the amazing Buffy dialogue that I've been craving for 11 episodes. Oh, we're getting there, Dave. It's going to happen. So my only question about this whole setup is... Isn't the whole point of the Anointed One that he is unknown? You're treading on segment ground, damn it. To Buffy? Am I? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, because our next segment is <laughs> Singing AO, Buffy Let Go. Alternative <laughs> title, I Throw My Stakes Up in the Air Sometimes. <laughs> I throw my hands up in the air sometimes, saying AO, gotta let go. So Buffy walks out of the school and she's like, oh, hey, child, you're the anointed one. And I'm like, no, the Slayer will not know him. The master has been very specific about this. You know him. That's prophecy, damn it. 
I've got that song stuck in my head now, except I'm singing it with your lyrics. <laughs> I when I realized that his name was A.O. Singing A.O. Buffy Let Go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so glad that his name is A.O. <laughs> Didn't it make it amazing? Uh, it all worked out. Um, but yeah, she totally knows him. And I'm yeah. like, well, what the fuck? So she's just like, hey, let's go to my fate. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. It does. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that other prophecy was a shittier prophecy. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are variable in quality, I guess. It didn't come out of the Codex, I don't think. No. So no, it did not. Only the Codex prophecies are super prophecies. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. She's, uh, she's brought a crossbow with her because she's still pretty convinced that crossbows are OP. Mm-hmm. Crosses, Buffy. Crosses, not crossbows. Do you think you could make a crossbow? I mean, it's already kind cross? of a cross, isn't it? That's where the name comes from, yes. So, oh, I feel like yeah. crossbows, I this is just a whole other world of opportunity. If I were a slayer, I would have crosses engraved on everything <laughs> I owned. Yeah. I would be super religious. I would have all of the crosses on everything. And people would be like, man, have you seen that really weird religious dude? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm still alive. Would you have, like, cross tattoos? Absolutely. Why would I counts? not? Uh, maybe. I'm willing to try. <laughs> there would be one on either side of my neck, just so that none of this shit can happen. <laughs> like, yeah, you want a taste of that? I, I mean, I guess all you have to do is, like, cr- tattoo one on your fist and punch a vampire and see why are there not crosses on her rings that goes. come on Buffy. listen she did not think this whole ring thing through <sighs> at all i think we've no. been clear about that the scoobies are freaking out because the slayer has gone to her death and that sucks they don't know where that is precisely because they don't have a creepy child to lead them there but xander has a creepy someone else to lead him there <laughs> hell yeah he does uh, Xander and Willow have a brief not approving of Jake Hallison. Oh, yeah. Where she's just like, I don't know what we should do next. And they're like, when are you part of the club? Yeah. You're not part of the club. I'm sorry to bring this up, but we also have an apocalypse to worry about. Do you mind? How come she's in the club? Hey. I mean, it's like they're an exclusive little Scooby gang and they don't want to let anyone else in, I guess. Yeah. So Xander goes off to do his thing while the other three stay home and do research because can never have enough research that's what they do that's what giles does buffy's creeping through the sewers to some really synthy organ music They really love the synth in this show so far. Her dress is super white, and it is staying so white. <laughs> so, okay, so far Willow has said that it's a nice yes. dress. Did Giles say that it no, was a nice dress? No, no. Okay. I think only three people say it. Okay. I think. Yeah. So, so far it's just Willow has said yeah. it. How nice a dress she yeah. has. Xander is going to see Angel. Angel's got that sweet, sweet velvet jacket on again. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed how shiny it was, but damn. Oh, damn it, I didn't. Oh. And they have kind of like a, we don't like each other, but we both love Buffy, so Mm. let's join forces. Also, I have a cross, so back the fuck up, Angel. But again, you know, it's even more, I don't know. I don't know who it's more absurd for. Is it more absurd for Angel to say he loves Buffy or to say that Xander does? 
It's absurd for both of yeah. them, and they're both wrong. Good. Okay, I, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also a really horrible scene change here with Willow walking across the screen, and it's like a screen wipe. <laughs> like a Star Wars-style yeah, screen wipe? Yeah, but like with Willow as the mm. focal point of the wipe. Yes, mm. I love those. They're terrible. Every time that Joss is directing an episode, I'm like, stop. Stop trying to do these <laughs> things. I love you so much, but just don't. Uh <laughs> The research nerds figure stuff out. They know where the Hellmouth is. I think it's like directly under the library. No, they think it's at the bronze first. Oh, yeah, right. Because they're like, oh, that's where the harvest was. And you know what? I think that follows. Mm-hmm. So they they try to go there, but right. no. Yeah, J. Cal and Willow step outside the school and they're like, ah, <laughs> there are a lot of vampires here. Maybe more than I thought there would be. There's a real zombie vibe it really is these are slow ass vampires and i bet you wish you had crosses now (laughs) jake allen willow come on come on come on come on come on but you know they're acting a lot like zombies they kind of start to surround them like zombies might and walk Mm -hmm. slowly towards them through the mist like zombies might meanwhile buffy has been delivered to the batorium (laughs) by ao who just leaves? Yeah, he doesn't want to stick around. Do we see him ever again? Because we don't see him for the rest of this episode. Yes. Ooh, cool. Awesome. <laughs> he actually will come back. Nice. I yeah. like that. This is all going down basically just like the nightmare that Buffy had. It's very much exactly the nightmare that Buffy had. She, mm-hmm. He does his, like, she... hypnosis thing. Yeah. Well, first she fires a crossbow bolt at him. Oh, yeah. And how well does that work? He's a badass. Yeah, he can catch a crossbow bolt. Absolutely. For sure. Maybe he's a monk. And he... (laughs) That's a Dungeons and Dragons reference for those who didn't catch it. I think everyone caught that. Just like he caught that crossbow bolt. No, okay, good. We're entering the feeble feeble banter portion of the fight. Yes. And they start to play the most dangerous game. (laughs) Hunting Buffy around the masturbatorium. I mean, like... Buffy's really not putting up much of a fight in no, terms of she being hunted. Can't really, because, yeah, hypnosis. Is he, like, teleporting around, or is he just spooky yeah, he and speedy? He disappeared? I don't know. I got the feeling that he was teleporting. I don't know if maybe his power, like, he has extra strong powers in the Batorium? Maybe. Yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> but yeah, then. That's where then, his blood pool is. Right. Yeah. Right, his bloodbath. I don't know why we haven't been calling it a bloodbath. I regret everything. All right, start the podcast over. (laughs) This is episode one of Welcome to the Hellmouth. Wouldn't it be easier to just go back to every spot we talked about the bloodbath and just dub in me saying bloodbath? No, we're so much better at this now. We are way (laughs) better at it now. That's true. We were pretty bad at first. (laughs) It's fine. Anyway, we can speed this thing up because we still got a few things to go. We're fine. We're fine. Shit, look at how long we've been talking for. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. So the master has hella mind powers. Right. Buffy is completely entranced and he can just come up to her. Apparently, uh, she is the only reason that he could get free. That's a great it's all line. super ironic, because if she hadn't come to find him, he never would have been able to leave the Hellmouth. It's not ironic, it's just coincidental. So yeah, fucking prophecies, man. I really like it when he whispers the, you're the one that sets me free. Um, mm-hmm. And you're like, this is super scary. And it's, it is it is just so crushing, because yeah. here she is, trying to like do the right thing and sacrifice herself. 
And But not only is it useless, <laughs> it's literally enabling him to be freed. She should if she had just run away, everything yeah. would be fine. <laughs> oh man. That's ironical and a half. Absolutely. It's like rain on your wedding day right there. Shit. Oh. So Buffy gets bit. So Slayer Blood, I don't know, I mean they haven't really established this yet, but tends to vampires are pretty into it. Yeah, it supercharges them. Yeah, they it's they makes them pretty pretty hyped up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't take very much of her blood, really. No, he's a quick little nibble. You know? Yeah, he just kind of bites her, then dumps her in a pond. And you definitely don't want to fall in a puddle inside the masturbatorium. <laughs> oh, that is so a bad disgusting. place to find a puddle. It, like... I don't even want to think about anything related to any of this. Oh, that's sweet, sweet Master Deuce. Anyway, the Master is free! I thought we said we were done. It's fine. He can leave the Batorium. Angel and Xander have shown up too late and Buffy is dead. So again, Angel is like panting from exertion as he runs over and (laughs) And and then says that he can't give her mouth to mouth because he doesn't have breath. And honestly, like moments before, he's panting Uh, from exertion. I don't believe either of these men are healthcare professionals. No, uh, but they're like, well, she looks like she probably drowned. So Mm -hmm. we'll try CPR. 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 That might actually be an appropriate thing for this. Who knows? Did she drown? Yes. She more got bit, didn't she? That the drowning is what quote unquote killed her. Okay. I when guess. She's, she's going to bring it up. Trust me on this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so she drowned because she was immobilized by the bite, I guess. Well, because she like plops face down into the water. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, after Xander gives her the CPR and inexplicably gets to be the hero of this scene, yep. then she does cough up the water, right? Yep. Implying that that was what had taken her out. So she drowns, but she's brought back to life. Kablam. By the shittiest CPR you'll see in TV. I don't believe that man's ever been to medical school. Yeah, it's real bad. Not good. We cut back to J. Cal and Will Will. They are surrounded by vampires and they are not having fun. But who should show up to save them but Cordy Woo! in her car. And it's super nice. She's like, hey, I'm yeah, a good guy now. Pretty much. She's like, oh, you guys look like you're maybe going to get killed. And I don't, I'm not bad enough to want that to happen. Right. There is now a car full of shrill humans. <laughs> There's a lot of screaming. Oh, there boy. Are, there are three people screaming. Shrill is a good word for it. I'll agree yeah. with that. General talking, not super shrill. Screaming, very shrill. <laughs> very shrill. And yeah, so they're like, oh, hey, we need to get back to the library. Cordy's like, got it. And, uh... <laughs> Just floors it into the school. Uh, after the earthquake, now this. Right? Peace like, and I is going to be so mad. And I was wondering, like, you know how the, there's that whole, uh, in the witch episode thing where Cordy is a horrible driver? Mm-hmm. Was it Was it all to set this up? <laughs> Maybe. She's the kind of person who would drive through the school? I don't know. That's a pretty long reference <laughs> oh, in this season. Con. Do I really think that? No, I just like the idea of it. <laughs> Speaking of things that we think, are we meant to think that Buffy might be a vampire when she comes back? Because she is suddenly able to go places when Xander's like, you probably need to rest. She has this sort of like determined game face on. And I wasn't sure what we're meant to think. So my thought was mostly that she's like got some sort of prophecy juice going. Now, I know that that's pretty vague and not a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Those are good words for it. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, just kind of like 
having survived this encounter with the master has somehow made her stronger for it. In no way could she be a vampire because that's not how making vampires works. No, there's a whole big sucking thing. Yeah. And like the person has to be very close to being drained of their blood. Oh, yeah. Before you can give them the vampire blood and make them into a vampire, generally. But I don't know. It was, there was no, there was no reason for why that happened or why she anyway. all of a sudden was more powerful or whatever. Buffy and the crew, the crew being Xander and Angel, power walk back to the library to the sounds of the theme music. <laughs> This is the scene that physically really? hurts me. I can't. I don't know why I hate it so oh, wow. much. I hate it, Dave. It really kind of brought me out of it because they just slow-mo walk towards oh. the library. And Buffy's like, oh, look, a bad guy. And you're like, what the oh, fuck am yeah, I watching? That was terrible. Oh. She just punches a vampire over and he's like, oh, no, I can't get up. And it's just like, look, I understand that this is sort of like the climax. They're going to fight the master. But mm-hmm. why are we playing the theme music? Why? I, yeah. I just, I don't know. I've always hated this scene. <laughs> this definitely didn't give me the same reaction it's giving you, but I really appreciate that you dislike it. I, I just, it, I think it's just so cheesy that I cannot mm. handle it. In an otherwise fairly well done episode, yeah. Does Angel's game face help him fight? Because Buffy's like, looks like we're getting into action. Put your game face on. And he's like, ah, oh, game face, ah. I can't talk anymore. There is a, like, I I can definitely think of a lot of situations where Angel starts to fight and is in vamp face because he's getting into the fight. Hmm. And so maybe it does. Okay. I don't know. We should look out for that. The Hellmouth is apparently directly under the library and it is super gross. (laughs) And just, it's got a literal couple of mouths, which I wasn't expecting. It's a, it's an animal? No, so the Hellmouth is just the portal through which demons such as that one may pass okay. into Earth, I think. Or so into people are rolled up in the library trying right. to defend it from all the vampires that are trying to get in. That's not going super well. And then it's worsened by the fact that a demon comes up and starts to attack them all. I have a question. Uh-huh. Cordelia bites a vampire mm-hmm. and is like, how do you like it? And I just thought to myself, this is her first day in the Scooby <laughs> gang. <laughs> Yeah. How does she know that that guy's a vampire? (laughs) 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 I mean, maybe she thinks they're all zombies because they're acting like it. How is one person with a mildly barricaded double door managing to hold off a horde of super strong vampires? Listen, we don't have to think about that too much. The master is above the library, above the skylight that we saw before. Looking down through that skylight, yep. Mm-hmm. He's it's like, oh, this place. is all amazing. It's going exactly according to plan. The Slayer is dead and never coming back. Did you like his little hand clapping? Oh, his handwork oh, is always great. So good. God. <laughs> and uh, who, who shows show up? up? Yep. Buffy! She's Woo! not dead. He's like, I thought I killed you yesterday. <laughs> And she says something about flunking the written, but that only plays with whatever line he actually said. Right. So, yeah. How many times do I have to kill you, boy? (laughs) That's probably it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so things are going pretty bad down the library. Giles is trying to ax that demon a question. Ah, yeah. That doesn't work. He gets tossed onto a table, which breaks. (laughs) 
very conveniently. Pointing some spikety table bits <laughs> upwards. I would say one main spikety table bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty small target. <laughs> Listen, she's the Slayer, okay? <laughs> T-Mast and Buffy fight briefly. She's apparently pretty juiced up and can now resist the whole hypnosis thing. Picks him up by the neck. <laughs> we'll see how he likes that. He doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> Says that he has fruit punch mouth. <laughs> this is why I always call him fruit punch mouth. <laughs> apparently. Again, I thought that was a Michaela original, but no. <laughs> you just plunder everything. <laughs> I just am disappointing you at every turn. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. I yeah. keep getting better and you keep disappointing me. <laughs> <sighs> That's how this show goes. It's all about you. It's fine. But she throws him down through the skylight, which is convenient, onto the very convenient <laughs> table. Which then conveniently closes the hellmouth. Mm-hmm. And brings us into our final segment of the evening, Snap Back to Reality. Time's up. Over. Blast. Snap Back to Reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Yo. This poem's spaghetti, knees weak, arms spaghetti, this vomit on his sweater spaghetti, mom spaghetti. <laughs> oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes the master. He <laughs> Don't oh. give up that he's, he does give up that mom spaghetti. <laughs> That's the whole full name of the segment, as we've done it many times before. Yeah, spaghetti. <laughs> So Buffy wanders down into the library. Everything's fixed. Vampires gone. Hellmouth yeah. closed. Demons sucked back into Hellmouth. The library floor fixed. Oh yeah, yeah. All of the structural damage gone. <laughs> the books back on the shelves. The master skeleton still where it is because that didn't get dusted. Spooky. What happened here? <laughs> I mean, the yeah, so the master's bones are left behind. This is going to come that, up like, again. It's significant, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's worth noting, obviously. Giles no longer likes the library. Right. He sounds pretty sad. And, yeah, because books are all of his personality. Yeah, and um, yeah, there. I don't know who's going to pay for the repairs to the school. No one. Snap back to reality. They're all gone. <laughs> but like. Didn't Cordy's isn't, driving isn't there a, through a wall? Isn't there a car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be a pain in the ass to get that out of here. I'll tell you. Yeah. Oh, the the master was one of the people who had said that he liked her dress. Oh right, yes, yes. And then uh, as Angel and Xander were leaving with Buffy, <laughs> I think Angel is like, "Hey, that's a really nice dress." Yeah, I think it's kind of the, like the last line in the episode. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, because they're let's they're gonna go to the prom. Yeah, they gotta dance tonight. And I'm like, no, you can't go to the prom, Giles. You're an old. You can't <laughs> go back to the bronze. What have we told you? JC will fit right in. She's hella young. Yeah, she's no fine. big deal. And uh, big old bow. We'll just. They're like, ah, oh, we'll clean this up later. <laughs> These I mean, bones. The, yeah, the bones are the only thing they need to clean up. Right. No, it's, it's true. Pretty well wrapped up because we just went snap back to reality. In a way that shouldn't have happened? I don't know. It's so much more convenient for them than having to explain anything else. And again, they're out of time. Yeah, very much so. Which, I'm not... I don't think they really wasted a lot of time this episode. I still can't think of a lot of things that happened. It was a lot of good character work, mostly. Yeah, it was. And a lot of a lot of Buffy struggling and Xander struggling. But I'm never going to remember character work in particular. Like, no. I'm never going to remember Xander being sad that Buffy didn't like him. Or Buffy freaking out because she's going to die. <laughs> like, 
that that's not going to leave a, an impression on me. You'll remember it as sort of like a nebulous idea you have about this character now. Yeah, which which is, is good. helpful mm-hmm. for so your I like this episode but... understanding of the characters. But yeah. yeah, and I mean Cordelia's been through some shit with them now. Yep, Cordelia is now a friend to the Scoobies, at least somewhat. Shouldn't Cordelia be at home and be like a huge mess? Because that guy that she was super into died this morning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, she was all but saying that she loved him, which would be a completely uncordelia thing to do. For sure. But that's the direction that she was pointing. And then he and all of his friends were murdered in a place where she goes frequently. Like, a safe place for her. And she's, like... At the school in her car for some reason. She's about to go to the prom or something? I don't know. Why is she at the school? Yeah. I don't know. Because she shouldn't be there. She should be like a mess. Yeah. Because, I mean, Willow's pretty shell-shocked over it. And at least Willow knows about vampires. Although, apparently, so does Cordelia. I don't know anymore. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Let's not think about these questions we have. That's where we're set up now. Yeah. Good. Michaela, what was your favorite outfit from this final episode of season one? (sighs) Nothing super stands out to me in this one. No, there's very little. Um, I'm pretty fond of the the double V look. (laughs) The V, inverted V. Oh, it's a weird look that they have had a couple times. Yeah, and I did like Buffy's shiny blue miniskirt. (laughs) All right. It was very shiny. Very blue. Well, it doesn't matter what I would have thought, because we are coming back for a second season. And that's probably for the best, because I've heard there's actually good things that happen in season two. Yeah, I don't... So the first episode of season two is called When She Was Bad. I really feel like you aren't going to remember anything about it. (laughs) No. What happens? It's the end of the summer, and... The Buffy summers? (laughs) Buffy's been away... I think perhaps in LA with her dad for like a good chunk of it. And this at the beginning of the episode, she's coming, come back to Sunnydale. And I don't want to tell you too much. I've already kind of alluded to some things that might show up in it. Really? <laughs> you said nothing. <laughs> I mean, I okay, told you, so... I told you a little AO is going to come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think what happens in this episode is Buffy turns 11, Hagrid shows up, and she finds out she's a wizard. Right. I mean, that'd be an interesting twist. <laughs> J.K. Rowling stole everything. <laughs> ah, she wasn't original at all. Yeah. It, the problem is if I tell you too much of what's going to happen, I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen. They're still in high school for next... Jesus, yeah, they're in, Two more. They're in grade 10. Holy God. So yeah, next year they're in grade 11, whatever uh, they call that in the States. So yeah, we got we got two more high school years, Dave. Woo! Good times. Okay. Well, I look forward to it. I really have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That wraps it up for us here. If you want to reach out to us, you can always email us at beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com or welcomehellmouthpodcast at gmail.com if you like using shitty email addresses. If you want to reach out to us personally about what we've said on the show, you can either go to the Reddit, buffy.reddit.com, or reach out to us individually on Viber. I'm at Hotline Bling. Michaela. I'm at Vibration. Mm-hmm. That won't what go is, poorly. What is Viber? Oh, it's a text messaging service. What, like... I think you can make phone calls. <laughs> oh, sounds like a phone. Yeah, but you don't have to pay for it. Oh, I mm-hmm. see. Anyway, <laughs> that's it from us here. 
Until next time, farewell Farewell from from the Hellmouth. Hellmouth. Hellmouth? Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hellmouth.